It's been two years since we last sat down to record the Red Flag podcast. And suffice to say, a lot has changed since then. For one thing, I am no longer joined by Shalise Hall. That's right, Bo. You're here live with Shalise Grove. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Married life is fun so far. Looks like the band is back together after all. At least in a manner of speaking. Since recording our last cliffhanger episode, both you and I have been pulled away from Mississippi, and it's a little bit more difficult than it was back then. I, for one, miss being with our team for all the outlining, table reads, and of course, the recording sessions, sitting across from each other, doing our best to stay upbeat while covering some really emotional topics. Ah, yes, those were definitely the days. But alas, even as the desire to be home in Mississippi is stronger than it ever has been, I'm held up down in Houston, Texas, while you've made the move from the state capital to our nation's capital in Washington, D.C. How's the weather up there? Quarantine summer is going as well as it can go, but nobody's listening to hear all that right now. We can catch up later. Right now, we've got some work to do. I'm Shalise Grove. And I'm Bo York. And this is Red Flag. So, spoilers, the flag came down, y'all. And, you know, if it wasn't for the immediate need to put out this episode, I I feel like right about now we would be describing an elaborate metaphor to set up the stage for an upcoming discussion. Maybe something related to getting an eye exam and how we can all look at the same images, but each require the correct lens to truly bring something into focus. You know, paying off that whole 2020 vision and the title of the episode with a lot of layered meaning that we could unpack throughout. But we have got a lot to go through in a very, very short time to do it in. And I know many of you are likely tuning in right now, hoping to hear a big celebration from us. But in true red flag fashion, we need to pause and put things into proper context. No matter how happy or how grateful we may feel about the change, it's important to realize all the work that it took to bring us here. All right. So starting at the beginning. Mississippi entered into the Union in 1817 then left in 1861, joining the Confederate mission to create a new cotton empire, built on the cornerstone that, quote, the slavery subordination to the superior race is its natural and normal condition, end quote. The Confederates failed to win the Civil War, but its ideas survived long after, helped by the efforts to promote the lost cause. In 1896, Mississippi began flying a flag displaying the Confederate battle emblem, while flying over Jim Crow's reign of terror that ended numerous innocent lives throughout the state. This caused one of the great migrations, which drove thousands upon thousands of Black families out of the South in hopes to find safer places like Chicago, Oakland, Philadelphia, or Detroit, and many more urban cities. Violence and crowd lynchings of Black Mississippians continued, both with the blessing and the blind eye of the government. Since then, hundreds of years later, Mississippians started building a campaign to fight the flag that embodied their oppression. Our flag. Nobody has been able to name one industry that didn't come to Mississippi because of that flag. Whatever it takes to change the flag of the state of Mississippi. That was April of 2001. Mississippi voters... In 2001, a vote came into play that could finally make a change, but the flag remained. 65% of Mississippi voters said, keep the flag intact. It was quieted on a local level, but that didn't mean it wouldn't come back into the national spotlight. Good morning, America. Breaking news, deadly church shooting. Tragedy in Charleston. At least nine people killed overnight in a massacre in an historic black church. In 2015, 
The mass shooting of the Mother Emanuel 9 by Dylan Roof renewed efforts to make a change. In 2017, with the national grassroots movement on the rise to remove Confederate statues from public spaces, white supremacists descended on Charlottesville, Virginia for the Unite the Right rally, carrying tiki torches and waving Nazi, Confederate, and even Mississippi's own state flag. Torch-bearing white nationalists clashing with counter-protesters on the campus of the University of Virginia. Things have turned violent, and officials are bracing for a weekend of demonstrations like this. ABC Stephanie Ramos is right there. Tensions increased back home, too, as protests, articles, legislation, alternate designs, and rallies came across the state, and they called on local legislators to take action against the flag. That same year, a group of Mississippians first came together to create the Red Flag Podcast. This came out of a desire to tell the flag story, the good, the bad, the ugly, with the hope that even those against the change would understand what it was they were fighting for and whether it was worth it or not. In 2018, when we finished our last episode, momentum was forming around a new design, proudly displayed in the episode art for this week's podcast. That flag, created by local artist Lauren Stennis, incorporated color elements of the old flag while presenting an entirely new design, now known as the hospitality flag, this has been a guiding light and a rallying symbol that pushes Mississippians towards progress. We need a symbol that is evocative, not provocative. Artist Lauren Stennis designed an alternative in 2014 that she says is for all Mississippians. There are three things that I've guarded like a mama bear about this effort, and that is that the flag is bipartisan, it is grassroots, and also positive. More businesses fly it in Jackson, the state capital, than fly the state flag. Already to put it up. That's great. Okay. Cheryl Washington bought one. She told us she'd never buy the state's current flag. It represents a negative part of history for for me and my people. At a complete flag but source. But this grassroots movement fell on deaf ears broadly at the legislative level. At the time, there were three separate bills that were in the works, and our hope was that one of them would bring a new story along with it. All of them died in committee. Honestly. The story in each of those sparks you just mentioned still carried the weight of defeat that we felt was already represented in what became, at least for a while, our final episode, 2001. As we looked to the future, we would hope the recorded history we gathered for the podcast would serve to show how the Confederate emblem was used and resources for future efforts to change the flag. Almost everyone we spoke to back then acknowledged that it would require yet another national tragedy that would also have to reach a critical mass of Mississippians forced to reconcile with the racism still prevailing within our own systems and symbols. And sadly, national tragedy was almost guaranteed with the continued public killing of unarmed Black people at the hands of law enforcement. But the disheartening question still remained. What would it take to reach a critical mass of conscious voters? So fast forward to today. It's the summer of 2020. And unless you're listening to this at least two generations in the future, you are likely fully aware of the significance of that statement. So the whole family of coronaviruses are named coronavirus because corona means crown. And so this refers... Deadly they are. This disease, by contrast, is entirely new. It's literally a novel coronavirus. In Houston, more people are dying at home before paramedics can even get to them. This increasing number of these at-home deaths are from the coronavirus. And New York State is the hardest hit by coronavirus with nearly 400,000 cases. The latest surge is concentrated last largely in the south and west of the U.S. On Sunday, Mississippi became one of the latest states de that declared a major disaster area by President Trump amid the coronavirus outbreak. Even as we record right now, the COVID-19 pandemic is in the midst of a second surge 
and has already claimed the lives of over 500,000 people across the world. It's been congesting healthcare systems worldwide, shutting down industries, as those of us who are able to quarantine do our best to slow the spread. American unemployment has reached levels not even seen since the Great Depression, and many fear that a cascade of foreclosures and evictions could be just around the corner, leading to a major increase in homelessness. As the virus continues to spread, both the financial and medical disparities among Black Americans and people of color is brought more fully into view. There's become a growing unrest in the United States as this pause from what was once considered normal life has forced citizens to reckon with America's past and present racial reality. It has violently taken the lives of Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, Elijah McClain, George Floyd, as well as countless others named and unnamed, and primarily at the hands of police officers without just cause. On June 6, a group of more than 3,000 protesters took to the streets of Jackson declaring that Black lives matter and calling on public officials to address the injustices experienced by Black citizens in Mississippi, beginning with, and not exclusive to, changing the flag. Black Lives Matter, start here Mississippi and I can't breathe, are some of the posters left by demonstrators in front of the governor's mansion. The young people of this movement say change is going to start with them. These demonstrations replicated in cities across the state, from the Gulf Coast to Oxford and Natchez. While protests at the state capitol were nothing new, the sheer outpouring of support emboldened Mississippi House Speaker Philip Gunn to whip bipartisan support for removal of the state flag. Each day saw a new outpouring of supporters for a new flag, from big business CEOs to pastors to sporting institutions, all applying pressure to immediately make a change. Once Speaker Gunn and Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman knew they had the votes, in a special legislative session, both chambers of the Mississippi legislature approved a bill to retire the flag. The Governor Tate Reeves, who up until this point has not only resisted any notion of changing the flag, but has also had long-standing ties to groups in favor of preserving the Confederate iconography on the flag, began publicly admitting that any bill that would land on his desk would have done so with enough support that he would not be able to, or willing, to challenge it, essentially admitting defeat and solidifying the path to victory. Even as the weekend grew near, the final details of House Bill 1796 were being finalized, as the people of Mississippi and beyond held their breath, hoping that this could be the moment that so many have fought for and worked towards. I, for one, was back and forth with groups who sent text messages and emails to legislators. This was the full court press. Senate return session. Have a report of the committee on rules. Mr. President, the above named committee has had under consideration the following measure and report saying back with the following recommendation. HCR number 79, suspend deadlines for introduction, state flag, Revise with a commission and require words in God we trust. Whether we like it or not, the Confederate emblem on our state flag is viewed by many as a symbol of hate. There's no getting around that fact. On the edge of our seats, we tuned in and gathered the debate audio, now preserved here on the podcast feed for anyone desiring to listen in as last arguments were made for and against the change. If we say you can have any flag you want, except this one. Thank you, Senator. Senator Barnett, you were asked to speak on the bill. Thank you, Mr. President. In 1990, not even at the legal age yet, I was deployed to Iraq doing Desert Steel and Desert Storm to help the people of Kuwait to be liberated. I went with individuals who did not look like me. I went with individuals who lived other places around this country. We all took an oath that we would defend 
is the United States of America under one flag. But as a young African-American man, that still troubled me because the state that I so loved at that time still had something that did not unify us. So today I stand with all of those who stood with me then and asked you all to ask yourself the question, how long will we stand and say that we are a United States of America, but a ununited state of Mississippi? The question today before people like me saw the flag a certain way, those who were not like me saw the flag based on their own experiences, their, their family associations, their own history. Obviously, those histories were not the same. I know that when, when you walk into this building every day and you look at that point, I would guess that a lot of you don't even see that flag in the right corner up there. There are some of us who notice it every time we walk in here. And it's not a good feeling. Thank you, Senator. Senator Jordan, you're recognized to speak to the colleagues of this great body. All of us represent more than 50,000 people of different races. This is a glorious day that we have the nerve and the courage to change something that pretty well hurt, even though they may be afraid to say it, one million African-Americans of this day. We cannot continue to stumble into the back of the We lost the war. But 244 years of slavery and 100 years of the worst kind of discrimination and then 50 years of knockoff freedom, off and on. You know, in the country you said knockoff. Now, we got a problem with changing a symbol that to make us feel that we're all in one accord. So let's build our state. I, was, I got to tell you this. I was emboldened as I walked in here today because uh, I happened to look down at my phone. And, I, of course, we've all been getting tons of texts and twi uh, tweets and folk Facebook posts and all kind of stuff. But shortly before I came in here, I happened to look at a text and I saw, you know how on your screen you look down and you see a name. And I saw a name of a guy in my district that I know and I know him well. And I saw it and said, oh gosh, he's going to be blasting me for changing, for, I mean, for uh, voting on this to change his flag. And his message was short and he said, I'm very proud that you are representing me and I'm so proud of the way that y'all have handled this measure and go get him, something to that effect. And I thought, here's the guy that I thought was about to tell me that I have made a bad decision. And he's telling me what a good decision this is. Votes were taken, and at 5.55 p.m. on June 28th, with a vote of 37 to 14, the Senate passed House Bill 1796, effectively removing the Confederate emblem of the Mississippi state flag forever. By a vote of 37 to 14, the bill passes.
If there's one thing that the most avid in-state supporters of the Confederate flag and activists who worked tirelessly to remove it share in common, it's the understanding that Mississippi's racist history and prevailing systems of injustice are not solved by simply changing the flag. Racial profiling, high rates of black imprisonment, and lack of funding for urban schools are just a few issues that remain prevalent today. That said, it cannot be understated the level to which the glorification of both Confederate figures and symbols have in creating an environment of oppression for many, especially Black Mississippians. With the flag's removal, perhaps we're seeing a new landscape for progress and a model for how change can occur, even if it may have felt impossible before. The fact that this happened at all can seem nothing short of a miracle, especially at the speed in which the legislation came together. But now, with a proper historical context, we can see that this was 130 years in the making, not just a few days. And ultimately, it took a saturation of knowledge, a deep understanding of history, and a willingness to empathize beyond political tribalism that had held the change back for so long. But in order to understand the nuances, perhaps it's on all of us to adjust our personal lenses, to see clearly how change was made possible, bringing things into focus, so to speak. See? It really would have been such a great metaphor. No time, but we've got no time. I know. Next week on the Red Flag Podcast, we'll speak with Macy Brown and discuss how the youth of Jackson rallied one of the largest protests in recent history and kicked off the events that ultimately led to the flag's removal. 